Мене звати Оксана Морис, і я приїхала з Вишниця України. It's a very small town, it's a town of 3,000 people. And I lived with one brother and both parents, my mom and dad. My parents worked really hard just to survive because there wasn't that many jobs available. So after World War II, Christians wasn't able to um, have a churches and they would um, gather in home of believers. And usually if the communists would come, they would find pastors or preachers, they would find arrest or take them away. I remember my dad was telling me when he accepted Christ, he was um, called to a government office and he was told to deny Christ. And when he wouldn't, they beat him until he lost consciousness. Also, my um, grandpa was in a church and um, communists came and they took him away and nobody knows what happened to him. He was never seen after he was taken away. It was not easy to be in a school with when you're a Christian because you do not know what teachers will say to you, who will bring you down, who, who will call your name. So there was a time where I would be afraid. So my parents wanted to give us a better life to come to United States and also, uh, they wanted to leave because of the persecution that we faced when we were living there. So my uh, dad tried to leave Ukraine a few times, but he wasn't allowed. And finally, in 1989, they allowed us to leave um, Ukraine. We had to go to Austria, Vienna, and then Rome, Italy. We stayed there for four months, and we lived in a hotel. Um, we had to wait for our papers to be processed before being allowed to United States. And then we flew to Seattle in 1990. The Renton Assembly of God welcomed us with an open arms and they supported us tremendously in every step of the way. It was shocking to see all the uh, food in the stores and my dad when he arrived at the grocery store he starts crying it was just um, because that's not what we had in Ukraine the biggest difference over here that you can um, praise God or worship God with no persecution and we're just thankful and grateful to be here you know with Christ everything is possible and you can go through no matter what you face in your life. I have been in contact with my cousins in Ukraine and the town where I grew up near Ternopil, Ukraine, it's pretty peaceful in there, but they are scared and they are praying to God that God sends a peace to the land. Thank you, North County Christ the King, for giving me opportunity to share my testimony and thank you for helping Ukrainian refugees financially. And please keep Ukraine in your prayers. Slava Bohu. Let's thank Oksana. One of the things I really love about Oksana's story, um, by the way, she's married to Mike Moores, whose dad is little Santa Claus at the front doors on Sunday morning. So there's the family, not Dutch bingo for you. Um, one of the things I love about her 
is how she continues to worship Jesus. 32 years later, here, right here in our church, uh, she is a worshiper of Jesus Christ. She loves him so much and continues to give her heart to him all the time, always thanking God for what he rescued her from, always remembering, always remembering. And I think as I look around the room, you know, there's a bunch of us here in this room today where just a few generations back, our ancestors came. I know I've got a, a bunch of Dutchmen came over from Holland, you know, to start our family over here. And they paid the price. And so I think as we remember those that have fallen and have given their lives, I think it's fair to, to, to remember those that went before us and paid the price of difficulty, hardship, lived through the Depression, lived through a couple of wars. You know, I mean, it, it was not an easy time. So I'm grateful today, uh, this Memorial Day weekend, for those people that blazed the trail for us. Let us not forget that what we enjoy today is because people paid the price for it. Amen? That's just a good thing. That's healthy to do. Um, Psalm 136.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Uh, now, as Steve mentioned, we're finishing up our series today called The Now. And we named it this series. You may have wondered why. But we named it this series because of how faithful the Holy Spirit is in every moment of our every day. Like he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's always with us. He's with us in the hard times. And he's with us in the good times. And in this series, we've talked about some of the ways that he's present. And I just want to review those with you because they're so, so powerful and important. What he does for us every moment of every day. And here they are. Every moment, his faithful love is encouraging us when we're down. How many of you need encouragement every now and then? Yes, God does that. He comforts us when we experience loss of any kind. He gives us discernment when we need to make decisions about our life, make great choices. Uh, he reminds us that God our Father sees us as righteous. Even though we sin, even though we fall and fail, God still sees us as righteous in Christ Jesus. What a gift. What a gift, right? We don't even see ourselves that way. Uh, and because of that, we don't live in fear of condemnation or punishment anymore. Pretty awesome. So today, as we wrap up the series, what I want to talk with you about is how the Holy Spirit's love meets us, not only in the bad times, which we know all about that, but how he meets us and wants fellowship with us and wants us to enjoy his presence during the good times of life. And how, because he's faithful in the hard times, he inspires us to be faithful in the good times when we're living out his, his faithfulness for us. Now, if you're like me, you tend to press into God when life is hard. Are you like me? Like, like when you get desperate, right? And why is that? Well, it's because we need God's help. When times are hard, it's very natural for us to press into him and, and to you know, pursue him because we need him. C.S. Lewis said it like this, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain, right? Lewis said it's our pain that drives us to God. And I would say that's true. I think it's very true of me that I'm much more mindful of God when I'm going through a hard time in life than I am when I'm going through good times in life. Because when we're going through good times of life, we, we kind of forget how much we need him. Now, that's not true. We do need him, but we kind of forget how much we need him, even in the good times of life. So what about you when things are good? You know, when sales are great, when life is going great, when the grandkids and the kids are healthy, when life's like, like just buzzing along, right? It's going well. How much do you think about God? How much do you really... Are you aware of him and his presence in the good times of life? That's what I want to talk about today. Now, I have precedent for this because the Israelites, who were God's people, they dealt with this all the time. And if you read about the Israelites, you'll find this pattern in their life. Let me tell you what the pattern is because I think we do this too. 
that God would bless them, God would maybe rescue them from some captivity or the latest trouble they've gotten themselves into. They would depend on him for a while. They'd worship him for a while. Times would get good again. And then predictably, they would fall back into sin or start worshiping other little g-gods and they would walk away from God. And then trouble would come and then they would need him again and then they would be desperate for God and then God would rescue them. And right, the recurring pattern over and over and over again. And, you know, parents, we call that entitlement when our kids do that, right? When they come to us just when things are hard or just when they want something, but where are they when times are good, right? Where are those kiddos? Anyways, well, here's what I want to suggest today, that God doesn't just want our heartfelt worship when we're desperate for him, even though that's our tendency. God wants our worship. God wants our friendship. God wants relationship. God wants us to love him and return his kindness with kindness in the best times of life as well. In fact, I want to talk a little bit about those best times and, and why they're important. God wants us to be mindful of him all the time, every moment of life, in the now. Psalm 73, 28 says, As for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made... I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. You know, I have found in my life with Christ that there's times I need his shelter, and then there's times when I get to tell about how much I needed his shelter. And those are what I would call the good times of life. Let me, let me remind you, remember COVID? Anybody remember the mandates? See, we've already forgotten. We've moved on, right? It's a distant past. It's like a bad dream. So let me just remind you, a little bit this morning, and you're like, oh, I came to church for this? Come on, Kurt. But, but my point is this. During the worst of COVID mandates, there, I remember this desperate, this heightened sense of desperation or just this sense of unrest. And at the same time as COVID, you know, we had the protests, remember? Our, our cities were burning. There was violence going on around our nation. And then to boot, we had a, a flood right over here to top everything off, frosting on the cake, Right? And I remember during some of the, those worst of times, we did some worship and prayer nights. And there was this one where, I mean, there were hundreds of people that came out for a worship and prayer night. The most people I've ever seen at a worship and prayer night, it was awesome. Why? Because people were pressed into prayer. People felt the stress and the unrest of the nation, and they knew that they needed to pray. The same thing happened back in 9-11, if you remember 9-11, we were living in Taiwan, and we saw it there at our school. But here in the U.S., what I heard was that, that the churches were full in the weeks after 9-11, that people came back. Why? Because there was so much need, desperation for God to intervene and, and for God to bring comfort into their lives. And so, and so we tend to be a people that press into God when we need his help, when we need his shelter. And that's number one in your notes today. We tend to depend on God's goodness and his presence and his shelter more in the hard times than we do in the good times. You know, we are desperate for him in the hard times. It's all we can do to hang on to him in the hard times. It's, it's about him preserving our life and preserving our emotions and meeting us in our need in the hard times. You know what I mean. I'm looking around the room. I know some of the hard times you've been through. You know, the last couple months have been really hard for us. Some things have happened in our life where we've been desperate for the Lord, for his help, for his comfort. And, and you might put it like this. You might say, in the hard times, it's all about me, right? What God can do for me. 
and we need from God. But when the pressure eases up and when things get a little bit gooder in life, we experience a little more emotional bandwidth. Then what happens, then what happens is that our faithful worship becomes a decision that we make. Like when times are hard, we get pressed into relationship with God, into our need for him. But when times are good, then it becomes a decision or a choice that we make to press into relationship with God. Why? Because life has eased up. You know, we don't feel our need so acutely, and so we, we just kind of relax. And I'm not even saying that that's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's a human tendency. That I think, starting with the Israelites, and we have the same tendency, we do it too. And it's in the, in the times when times are good that, that we have the opportunity to decide what we're going to do with God. Different than being driven to God. Now we get to decide. It's a beautiful opportunity. And we, we get to determine in the good times of life, the best times of life, to faithfully worship God if that's what we choose. It's number two in your notes today. We decide to recall and remember God's faithfulness in the good times. I love the Psalms. Let me read another one to you this morning. Psalm 71. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, though I'm not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. I believe that it's in the good times of life that all those things that the Holy Spirit has invested in us the last five weeks that we talked about, all those things that he's done for us, now we can invest into others in the good times of life. No longer are we pressed into desperation, but we're given bandwidth, we're given room, we're given an an overflowing heart that God has filled during the hard times to now do the very things that he's done for us. To build his kingdom, and and God loves it when we do that. For example, uh, because the Holy Spirit has invested into us, now we can invest into others. Because he's encouraged us, we can encourage one another. Because he's guided us, we can guide one another. Because uh, he's been our comfort, we can comfort one another. Because he's helped us be discerning, now we can come alongside people and help them discern. And because we've been known as having Christ's righteousness, even though, you know, we sin. Now we can encourage others that they are righteous in Christ. And it's a beautiful thing to look at the good times of life as the opportunity to function in the kingdom building work that God has given us to do, to pay it forward, if you will. And this is how we are faithful to a faithful God. Again, in the hard times, we know what we do. We, we need him desperately. So we press into him. It's all about us. But in the good times, we recall and we remember the faithfulness of God And we put our hand to the plow and we begin to build the kingdom like God has called us to build the kingdom. Now, I think there's a couple of things that are helpful as we think about this. Things that we can uh, choose or practice in our life. And there's two things that come to mind for me and they are these. We must choose to be mindful and we must choose to be grateful. Let me talk about mindfulness for a couple minutes. This is the latest buzzword in the psychology world. If you read anything psychology read anything nursing or medical, uh, mindfulness. Mindfulness is the new buzzword. And really what it means is living in the moment. It means being aware and engaged of what's going around uh, around your life so that you can engage with your life. Okay, that's what it means. Everybody's talking about this. 
Okay? Even the world outside the church, even the world knows about this. They've figured it out. I read a secular article this week by David Allen on being mindful, being grateful for something in every moment. And look at what the world has discovered about this. Research shows that gratitude increases feelings of happiness. Hmm. Go figure. And they're even able, because they hook people up to diodes, they're even able to measure an increase of dopamine and serotonin in the brain. Give me some of that. I'd like some of that. Which also decreases cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So you're getting flooded with, with good drugs in your mind at the same time as you're getting uh, the bad drugs taken care of, the cortisol, which causes stress. In other words, let me simplify it. When you focus on being grateful, you get happy. That's what happens. That's what happens. Happier than you were, right? So grateful people are less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Why? Because they're happier. They tend to sleep better. Why? Because they're not as anxious. Married couples that focus on things to be thankful for are more likely to remain married. Somebody say amen to that. That would be a good thing, right? So let me say it like this. Our best selves are our grateful selves. And if we can focus on being grateful, it's huge in our lives. These studies also show that gratitude strengthens your immune system and helps reduce pain. People who practice dispositional gratitude, which is simply the outlook of life, is positive, uh, half glass full instead of half glass empty. Uh, that means that noticing good things in life and appreciating them, they are more likely to report good physical health. Okay, so just from a world's perspective, let me tell you, this thing about gratitude and mindfulness is powerful. And they're discovering this, and by the way, the Bible taught this like a long time before they discovered it. Just saying. So this article that I read gave a few suggestions about how to become more mindful or more grateful. So I thought I'd quote them to you. And the first one is a little exercise. It's called Roses, Thorns, and Buds. And it's not Bud the Beer, that's Buds, okay? So Roses, Thorns, and Buds... Basically, it's this. Set aside 15 minutes in your day. Have a conversation with those people that, are, that you're closest to and share a rose, something good that happened. Share a thorn, something difficult that happened. And share a bud, something that was challenging but you have hope for. Those three things. If you do it every day, it will bring about some gratefulness in your life. Secondly, keep a grateful journal. And this doesn't mean journal your whole life. This means keep a tablet by your bed or a, a phone by your bed and um, type in uh, some of the good things that happened that day. Just something you're grateful for. In the midst of an entirely bad day, there had to be one thing that was good, right? The burrito that you got or, or whatever. You know, there's got to be something good, all right? So do that. Keep a happiness jar. They say just take some sticky notes. Every day write down some happy things that happened or some things that were better than normal, some joyful things. Drop them in the jar. Then when you have a really bad day, you can reach in and pull them out. I actually keep a file with what I call good letters. I throw the bad ones away. I keep the good ones. And every now and then I go through my good file. And I remember there's people that love me. It's so nice, okay? Here's the last one I added to the list. Here it is. Simply tell people what you like about them. Simply tell people what you like about them. We spend enough time telling people what we don't like. So let's tell them what we do like. And by the way, they won't know what you like about them if you don't tell them. So you can't just think happy thoughts. You have to say the happy thoughts for them to get the benefit of the happy thoughts, okay? So there's some things for you. Now for us Christians, like I said, this has been, mindfulness has been a biblical thing my whole life. I've always been taught about mindfulness. I maybe didn't use that word, 
But mindfulness is a powerful part of being a follower of Christ, recalling and remembering all that Jesus has done for us and letting that impact our now, letting that impact the moments of our day when we remember we really are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That should make a difference in our day, right? So because we need God in the hard times, it's in the good times that we determine that he's really good. Okay, this is a deeper thinking thing. So let me say that again. When we are desperate for God and we're pressed for God, all we can think about is what we need. All we can think about is the pain that drove us there. All we can think about is what we want God to do. So we know God's good because he's helping us in that moment. But it's when we're in the good times of life that we have the choice or the decision to make about whether or not God is good in that moment or what we think about God in that moment or how we recall his goodness in that moment. That is where we determine what we believe about God in the deepest parts of our soul. It's in the good times. This word determine means establish exactly. Again, we depend on him in the bad times because he's got to do something for us. But we determine in the good times when we're left with just the goodness of life to determine what it is we believe about him, that he is good, that God has plans for the good times, not just rescue in the hard times. So what I believe about the good times of our life is that God wants to leverage us in the good times of our life. He wants us to learn to return kindness for the kindness that he's given us. And I'm going to say it again. We tend to drift away from God. It's like the, the world's lazy river, right? We just tend to get on the river and drift when life is good. The intensity of our need for him is diminished when life is good. Our, our perceived need for God is diminished when life is good. And we also tend to not acknowledge God when our life is good. We acknowledge ourselves we acknowledge our hard work. We acknowledge, oh, we're really gifted. I've earned this. We acknowledge the economy, or we used to acknowledge the economy. Now we don't. We acknowledge great investments, or we used to acknowledge great investments. Now we don't. Uh, we acknowledge that we deserve the good things that we're getting. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's human. We're self-centered. And so we do. We live this way. And what God wants us to do is to remember him and acknowledge him and worship him in the good times, not just when we're in the middle of COVID mandates and, and, and national protests and floods. God wants us to come together, worship him all the time. That's why you're here today, right? Because you love God, you know he loves you, and you want to worship him. So we need to recall and remember how hard it was, like Oksana did, in order to determine how good it is. What was it like before Christ in your life? What was it like before he rescued you from this or that? What was it like before he taught you about sobriety and how much better life could be? What was that like for you? What is it like now? Because God has given you that gift. How do we practice this? I want to give you a few practical tips on how we can practice this. And the first thing, and these are all spiritual disciplines. Those are good things, right? Everybody who's ever done anything great, you know that you had to discipline yourself to do it. So here's some disciplines. First one is faithfulness. Just simply practicing faithfulness, faithful worship, faithful gathering in community, faithful acknowledgement of God in your day, um, faithful giving. Like if God has blessed you financially, then give that away. I'm not talking just the church. I'm, I'm just saying just in general. God's a giver, so be a giver, right? And so that's faithfulness. 
Now, the second one is being grateful. Grateful is a little different than faithful. Grateful has to do with simply remembering what God has done for me. Remembering and acknowledging and, and being grateful for that. What is gratitude? It's intentional awareness of God's goodness. Gratitude is intentional. You have to make yourself do it. Intentional awareness of God's goodness. And you're ready to return his kindness to the people around you any given moment. I, I think that living in the moment is very important. That no matter what person I'm with, no matter what activity I'm involved in, no matter what I'm doing, I think living in that moment and finding the joy of that moment is super important. And I guess I would call that mindfulness. Find something to enjoy in every moment. And the third thing, live with intention. Again, we tend to drift when life gets good. <laughs> we're, we're all squirrels. You know, we tend to get distracted by the shiny things, right? When life is good, what's the next shiny thing? And it's not that those things are wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't have fun in life. But what I'm saying is while you're having fun in life, acknowledge the goodness of God in the midst of that. And I think God would really, really love that. So Saturday, yesterday, I rented a trencher. And I trenched about 420 feet around my house. I've got the blisters to prove it. And there's a lot of things I could have done with my Saturday yesterday. A lot of things I'd rather have done with my Saturday yesterday. But I rented a trencher because I knew that very soon the rain will stop. Trust me, it will. It'll stop. Uh, we're going to get a down payment on that this week, I guess. We, we're having one sunny day. But um, <laughs> the rain is going to stop. Trust me. And I know that I have sandy soil. And so I know that when the sun comes out, it'll take about two days for the lawn to forget that it's alive. <laughs> and then it's going to turn brown. I like a green lawn. I don't know about you. Yeah. Is that, am I the only one? I love a green lawn. And so I know the rain's going to end. I know it's going to get hot. And so I thought to myself, I need to dig a sprinkler system and put it in before it gets hot. And so that's why I did it. So yesterday was a good, a good time in life. It was a good day. I could have gone and done anything else with my day. I didn't have a lot of stressful things going on, but I chose to make it stressful. And I chose to, <laughs> to dig trenches. Why? Because, because I know the good day is going to come to an end, and I know that my lawn's going to need water, okay? So, so, being intentional in the good times of life gets you ready for the next trouble that's going to come. I'm telling you, if you drift, you won't be ready. If you drift, you'll get your butt kicked. If you drift when the hard times come, you'll get knocked down. But if you will build intentionality into the good times of your life, worshiping God, building up your emotional and spiritual self, um, then when those hard times come, God will be ready with you. You'll be ready with God to face those next hard times. How many of you know you don't have to be knocked down when hard times come? You can feel it deeply. You can let it trouble you, but it does not have to knock you down to where you cannot function. And so in the good times, got to get ready for the bad times. Okay, That's one of the things you've got to do. Live with intentionality. So what can happen in the good times? Let me just give you three things that I think are good that can happen in the good times uh, as you follow Christ. And one of those things is you can choose to become a better reflection of Jesus in the good times. You can choose to let his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, you can choose to let those be practiced through you in the good times. In the hard times, it's hard to do that. Because again, you're just focused on yourself and your trouble. But in the good times, it's a perfect time to let the fruit of the Spirit 
um, be developed in you and allow yourself to be kind. Allow yourself to be, you know, grace-filled. Allow yourself to, you know, all the fruit of the Spirit. Let God do that in you through the good times. So you can choose to become a better reflection of him. Choose to, to be developed. Secondly, you can choose community. You can choose community. How many of you know that, that when you're in trouble, when life is hard, you tend to isolate? Do you know this? Uh, you tend to isolate. I'm not saying you always do, but you tend to isolate. And so hard times of life is not a great time to try to build community because you don't want to. Good times of life is the best time to build community because you want to get together. You want to have the picnics. You want to have the barbecues. And if you'll commit to doing that in the good times, then guess what? Those people will be there for you in the hard times. And you'll be there for them. You'll be there for them when they go through the hard times. So I say use the good times to choose to build community. Share your life with people. Pour it out. You know, these next few months are the best time in the Northwest to do this. So enjoy it, right? And thirdly, choose to be Jesus to those who cross your path. I don't mean you become Jesus. Come on, don't get weird on me. What I mean is choose to be like Christ to those who cross your path. So how do we stay faithful in the good times? How do we press into purpose instead of just coasting along? Personally, I'm I'm just going to give you my personal response to this. This is what I believe. This is what works for me. And I choose to uh, stay faithful in the good times by choosing to delight. Delight. Now, there's a word you don't hear all the time. I choose to delight in Jesus. You know, when I think about the word delight, it's usually associated with a dessert or something like that, right? Raspberry delight or blueberry delight. My mom used to make those. But number three, we delight in the goodness of God when we practice gratitude. I want to say for me, going deeper with Jesus in the good times is all about choosing to delight in him. Who he is, not just for me, but who he is in you. Like who he is in your life what I see him doing in your lives. That's delightful. And I have friends who Jesus is in their life, and they are delightful. And, and you see the delight of Christ in them. And it's just a wonderful thing. But God has done a lot of good things for us that we need to remember and recall and that we need to delight in. And here's some of them from First Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by his great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have priceless inheritance. An inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled. Beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. Until you receive the salvation. Which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So, be truly glad. Or in my words, I might say, so delight. So delight. You know, folks, it's Memorial Day weekend. Let us remember the goodness of God and why life is different for us than for millions around the world and and what what it means to worship him today and why, why we can and why we should worship him today, whether it's a hard time or a good time in your life. So here's, here's the things that we can be grateful for and mindful of today. First of all, life is better because of God. Amen. Now, if you can't say amen to that, then what? What up? Right? I mean, <laughs> channeling my inner gangsta. Um, 
<laughs> oh, man. Okay, so life is better because of God. Life is better because of his mercy. Amen. Amen. Like when I woke up this morning, I rolled out of bed into grace. Into grace. And I knew when I got up today, Kurt, if you fail, you're still seen by your father as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not going to go try fail, but if I do, God is faithful that, that his mercy is new and it's good enough for me. You know, secondly, we've been born again. We've been born again, folks. So our identity is no longer in our, our sinful selves, but our identity is in Christ Jesus. That's a big deal. That's a, huge, that, that's a huge deal. Our identity is in righteousness, not in sin. You know, thirdly, we live with the great expectation of heaven. And, and I say this to you all the time. I'm all about living the best life. I really am. I'm all about enjoying life. I'm all about you know, having the best life. I'm going to eat like a big burger or something today. I, I like that, okay? But that being said, life is not always that great. And so I love knowing that heaven is coming. I love knowing that heaven is coming. And one day the disappointment, the sadness will be gone. And we'll be with Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. Uh, we have a priceless inheritance. All the things that God is going to give us that he has in store for us. We cannot even imagine the glory of heaven and what Jesus has for us. Right? So worship, worshiping God keeps our heart in touch with heaven. That's one of the things it does. And finally, we're protected by God through our faith. Now, I will have to tell you, I will have to tell you that my life doesn't feel protected sometimes. Like, like I pay the price for walking with Jesus, as some of you do. I pay the price, and I know, I know when I've been violated by the enemy. Okay, but what this means is that he cannot take my soul. My soul is safe and secure in the hands of Jesus. And I've got to tell you that no matter how bad life can be, my soul is secure. And so I rejoice in that. I delight in that. I love that about my God, that nobody can take my soul. He has redeemed it. It belongs to him. And so I don't have to fear my soul being robbed or my soul being taken because somebody else owns it. And Jesus ain't giving it up. It's his, right? And so I love that about him, and that's worth worshiping him for. And so we have the choice every day to delight in God's goodness. And personally, for me, I love to do that through singing. I love to do that through worship. So I thought, today I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, ask you to put up with something from me, and that is to lead you in a song. Would that be okay? Oh, I wanna, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a worshiper, and so why don't you stand up with me? And I just love to worship Jesus. So I thought I'd get out old Mr. Taylor. That's the name of my guitar, Mr. Taylor. And I would sing with you. And my purpose for this is that we all remember in this moment, no matter if life's hard right now or no matter if life's really good right now, just remember with me the goodness of God, okay? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God 
Jesus, thank you so much today for your goodness. 
Your mercy endures forever. God, help us, not just in the hard times as we run desperately to you and we experience your grace and mercy. God, help us in the best of times, in the good times, or in even the moderate times, Lord, that we would choose to worship you and choose to acknowledge you, to be mindful of you and your goodness, to grow deeper in friendship with you, to determine in the depths of our soul who you are and how good you are to us, Lord. Help us in those good times to press into you as well as in the hard times. Thank you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. Amen. We're gonna close with one more song, so enjoy as we sing about the good times, the bad times, in between times. Find yourself there and just enjoy Jesus.